I want to share a story with you. I want you to imagine just for a few minutes here that the Apostle Paul, the great apostle to the Gentiles, that he came to you and he had a thorn stuck in his flesh and he was wanting your help. What would be your primary goal as you try to serve Paul? Would you try to help him change his circumstances, get that thorn out of his flesh? That is the only way to go. And besides, God is a good God. So we know that the Lord wants you to get that thorn out of your flesh. Is that the direction that you would take? Or would you try to help him make personal heart changes in light of his unchanging problem. Now, of course, we know that it's an unchanging problem because we're looking through the rearview mirror, and we know that God said, basically, that that thorn will never come out of your flesh all the days of your life. And so it is important that we do have this other option in our discipleship playbook when we help people. That other option is making personal heart changes in light of an unchanging problem, because it is possible that your situation, the thing that you are going through, it is possible that it could be unchanging. And even if it's not unchanging at some point in the future, it is unchanging right now. Therefore, it is critical that you make all the appropriate heart adjustments so that you can live in the victory that God has given you as you work through what may be an unchanging situation. Welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Your Daily Drive. I am Rick Thomas. You can find me at rickthomas.net. If you want to read all about this podcast, you can do that because all of our Your Daily Drive podcast are put in written format so that you can read them at your leisure and you can also share them as well. This podcast is one of our shorter ones. The article that I'm sharing with you is about a little over 700 words, and so it would be perfect for you to share with someone else. It would also be excellent as a small group discussion, meaning if you meet together with a small group of friends, you could share this article and you could talk about it. I have some excellent questions at the end of it. I will share those with you in just a moment. I had a, a gentleman come to our forum. We have free community forums that anybody in the world can access. And he came to our forum at some point during this year and stayed with us for a, a long time. But he was super angry with God. It would be fair to say that he was hostile to God because he had gone through an unwanted divorce. Not only was it unwanted, but his wife married someone else and and there were some difficult circumstances that were attached to what he was going through, as they always are. But his response to that was hostility toward God, taking an adversarial, uh, adversarial position against God. And that is not the place. That's not the thing that you want to do. That's not the place where you want to be. But I know it happens, and I know that in my own story, in my own life, I came to that place in my life where, quite frankly and regretfully that I say this, but I was angry with God because the very thing that I'm talking 
uh, to you about that I'm sharing in this podcast is the thing that I had a a well of a time overcoming. My situation was unchangeable. I did not like it, and rather than making the heart adjustments to an unchangeable situation, like my friend who came to our community forums, I did what he did. I became angry with the Lord, and that's the danger that we can find ourselves in. No, no matter how many times we say this to ourselves, uh, we are easily tempted into this happily ever after mindset that we see in a lot of our movies. And even though we know that that's not true, it's a wholly different matter when those difficult situations come to your house, come to your life. Uh, we can talk about this in a detached way as we are discipling others who are going through difficult times, but when those difficult times become our times, uh, then it is hard for us to practice what we preach. And so if you do want to read this podcast, you're welcome to do it. You have the Apostle Paul sitting in your counseling office. He's got a thorn stuck in his flesh. You want to make sure that you give him comprehensive care. And so I titled this podcast in the article, Discipleship is Not Primarily About Changing Your Circumstances. Now, if you choose to walk Paul through the heart adjustments that he needs to make, rather than giving him a false hope that this situation can change, and it's God's will for it to change, well, if you give him the heart part, the heart speech about changing his heart, you will be a wise Christian. And in this case, you already know the end of Paul's thorn in the flesh story. You would see the foolishness of trying to change Paul's external circumstances. If you want to read this story, you can go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and read it. It is a short chapter as, as far as this story, this part of the story is concerned. It is 10 verses, and I would encourage you to read it. And so in Paul's case, what you want to do, and by the way, you want to do this with everyone's, uh, everyone that you interact with, you want to hold out the possibility that this situation may never change. Therefore, at this moment, one of the most important things you can do is adjust your heart. In Paul's situation, God was writing a thorn-in-the-flesh story, and because no discipler knows all the reasons a person is going through their situational difficulties, the careful Christian will not give hope for a situational change. That's what you want to guard against, and I think this can happen with a lot of folks. The Lord doesn't want you to go through that. You shouldn't have to go through that, and that is a hope that you need to be careful about giving. You want to provide hope in God alone. Whether the situation changes or not, that is where you want to go with your hope. In this passage of Scripture in 2 Corinthians, the thorn in the flesh, this is how it is said in verses 8 through 10. Paul said, Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he, God, said to me, quote, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And then Paul, based on that data, based on that information, here is what he said. Therefore, conjunction, I will 
boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And this is the place where we must get to when a situation, an adverse situation, comes into our life. We have to say, we have to get to that place, not just intellectually, but functionally, What Paul said, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities, for when I am weak, then I am strong. You're not going to get there in a day, a week, or a month. This takes a lot of work. This is serious business. It is the deep end of the sanctification pool. Sometimes a discipler, as well as the one being discipled, falls for the temptation to overly focus on the situation at hand while not providing adequate time to do a different kind of work that the Lord is doing in the heart of the disciple. Sometimes God will change your circumstances. You know that to be true. And then sometimes He will not. And if you don't know that to be true, you have to know that to be true. Whether he changes your situation or not, that is not the real or the primary issue. The point of all of God's activity is that you trust him in both good and bad times. And in Paul's situation, it is abundantly clear. God allowed bad times into his life for the purpose of teaching Paul how not to rely on himself. Your primary discipling focus has to come from a sovereignty of God perspective. What that means is you believe that God controls all things and he is working in all things, and he is always working for your good in all things, regardless of what you are going through at any moment. That's what I mean by a sovereignty of God perspective. He is working for your good in all things, regardless of what you are going through. He is in control of all things. The thoughts that flood your mind regarding any situation whether the issue is to your liking or not, is an unwavering mental fixation that God is good. The gospel informs you of this transcendent truth. And though you may be having a difficult time living in the practical reality of this gospel worldview, it is still true. As, and you must take your soul to task by bringing any contrary thoughts to the obedience of God's word, specifically to the gospel. You will need to remind yourself of God's goodness over and over again. As I said, this is serious business. This kind of transformation in your soul will not happen in a day, a week, or a month. You do this. You begin this process by going back to the gospel where you see your perfect Lord doing great things for you. You could do something like this. Say this to God, quote, God, you are good. 
and you desire many good things for me, help me to see your good work through this circumstance. I want to be teachable. Teach me, O Lord. Now, if you want that short paragraph, you can, again, get it. Uh, from our website, rickthomas.net. The specific article that I'm sharing with you right now is titled, Discipleship is Not Primarily About Changing Your Circumstances. And you can copy and paste this little prayer that I have uh, shared with you. God, you are good and you desire many good things for me. Help me to see your good work through this circumstance. I want to be teachable. Teach me, O Lord. When I heard of the tragic murder of my brother in 1987, my first question to God was, Dear Father, what is it that you are trying to accomplish through this awful event? I remember that clearly after I hung up the phone from my mother who called to share with me about my brother being killed. That was my response. I wanted to know what God was up to because it was an un- obviously that was an unchangeable situation. That event was profound. It was life altering and there was no return from it. It is as it was and there was nothing I could do about it. Therefore, I wanted to understand what God wanted to teach me. Now, I won't go into all of that here in this podcast. Uh, But there were many things that I've seen the Lord do through that event. There's many things that He has done in my life. But my first question in that moment, because I didn't know at that time, I wasn't looking through my rearview mirror. I am now, and I see all that God did. But at that moment, right after I heard that news, after I hung up the phone, I said, Dear Father, what is it that you are trying to accomplish through this awful event? And as profound and life-altering as that was— There are zillions of disappointing, could I say, many events, M-I-N-I, many events that happen in my life regularly. It is in those moments of personal challenges and disappointments that I can forget this fundamental truth. God is good, and He is working for my good. This idea is a significant and uh, and personal application point of the gospel. Can you imagine the gospel, the work of Christ on our behalf? Can you imagine walking by the cross on the day that Christ was crucified and seeing him bleeding and dying on the tree? If you could contextualize yourself and put yourself in his friend's shoes, that death on that day made no sense to many people, even some of the people who were the closest to him. What appeared to be confusing and foolish to some was God doing great work for the benefit of millions of people. Probably you, maybe you, if you have been regenerated by God, you are a beneficiary of the death of Christ on the cross, but that day, when it was happening, it seemed foolish. You know the text that I'm referring to. In 1 Corinthians one twenty-five, Paul said, For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Is that how you think about the death of Christ? Do you bring that kind of gospel thinking and living into your life as it pertains to your daily challenges? 
Do you understand it as being foolish, but you are well aware that even the foolishness of God is wiser than men? How can God's strength and wisdom be magnified through weakness and brokenness? This is what I mean by having a a gospel realignment, by bringing your mind up under and submitted to the truths of the gospel. And as you think about what happened to Christ on that day on that tree and how foolish and how weak it seemed, well, there are many situations in your life that seem foolish and weak to the natural eye. But do you understand? Can you perceive? Do you see how the foolishness and weakness of God is wiser and stronger than men? Do you have that kind of gospel-centric thinking? Do you live in that kind of gospel reality? Does it give you what you need to function well in adverse circumstances? If you want to read this podcast, again, you can go to our website. Discipleship is not primarily about changing circumstances, The Apostle Paul is sitting in your counseling office. He has a thorn stuck in his flesh. Do you always say, we're going to change that? God doesn't want you to go through that difficult time. Or do you start by addressing the heart of the individual, how to live in the reality of what God is permitting in your life now and how to live in the victory of those moments? Here's your call to action, and I have three questions that I want to ask you. Number one, what are the last couple of things in your life that have brought dissatisfaction to you? Think about the last thing that you were disappointed in. It won't be hard. <laughs> I know it, it more than likely has happened in the last 24 hours. More than likely this may, may have happened in the last hour. But what are the last thing, the last couple of things in your life that have brought dis, dissatisfaction to you? I want you to focus on that. Right now, I want you to think about it. Now, here's my second question. How did you think about those situations? Take yourself back to that moment. You're in a difficult thing. You're in a a disappointing moment. You have a perplexing problem. How did you think about those or that situation or the last couple of situations? Did the goodness of God as perceived through the gospel inform your thinking? Or did your preferences for a better outcome manage your thoughts? Did you want to get out of it as quick as possible because you wanted a better outcome? Or was the gospel governing your heart? When negative things come into your life, this is question number three, do you tend to hold tenaciously to your way of thinking, or are you you more like a gospel explorer looking for God's strength, looking for God's wisdom in the adverse circumstance. I want to be a gospel explorer with all things in my life. When something disappointing happens to me, I want to begin a gospel expedition to uncover God's goodness found in that circumstance. I know that there is good there because God is good. If I can see good in the crucifixion of the Son of God, most certainly there can be the Lord's goodness found in my secondary afflictions. If you have any questions about this podcast, I want you to ask them. Come to our website, rickthomas.net. Read this article. Discipleship is not primarily about changing your circumstances. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. 
Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.